This is Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. My name is Richard, KB5JBB, and I'll be your host. This is our first episode, and thanks to all of you for downloading it. A little information about myself. I've been licensed since 1989, which makes it about 18 years. Currently, I'm an assistant section manager, official server, official relay station, official emergency station, technical specialist, volunteer examiner, and digital net manager for the national traffic system in the North Texas section. I am also a member of the local areas and races organizations here and am a past president of the Ham Association of Mesquite, Texas. And that's probably just about all of me y'all can, uh, y'all want to hear. Here at Resonant Frequency, the podcast, we hope to bring useful information about amateur radio to the new ham and the seasoned veteran amateur radio operator alike. We will be discussing all things amateur radio and answering as many questions as possible along the way. From time to time, we will invite folks into the shack to share their knowledge in different areas of amateur radio and answer questions we receive by email. This particular episode is to get us started so we can get our uh, get our feed worked out. And uh, so it'll be kind of short and... Uh, Probably not uh, overly fantastic, but as I said before, I promise I promise to bring y'all some content y'all will really enjoy. So sit back, relax, have you something to drink, and we'll get on into Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. Okay, let's see what we got here. Um, AWRL committee to formally study background checks. In another significant AWRL board action, the organization will study the controversial issue of background checks for amateur radio volunteer communicators. Citing the increasingly common practice among served agencies, of requiring volunteers, including radio amateurs, serving the agencies under the auspices of the AWRL-sponsored programs to submit to personal background investigations, and that some types of background investigations raise valid concerns among the League's volunteers regarding personal privacy and identity theft. The President will appoint a committee to study the issues related to the background investigations and to recommend a policy on background investigations which addresses the interests of both the League and its volunteers. The Board recognizes that the AWRL must define and safeguard its own organizational interest as well as act in the best interest of individual volunteers serving under AWRL auspices and should negotiate memoranda of understanding with served agencies based on well-reasoned policy on background investigations. Recommendations will be submitted at the 2008 annual meeting with interim reports supplied to the executive committee. 
from Larry's letter we find uh, a letter written by Jim Shepard, N7WZZ, uh, concerning training, more training for communicators. Training course for communications unit leader, ICS. The last issue noted a recommendation that the DHS FEMA establish a training course for the communications unit leader position and that it be made a standard part of an incident command system. Response. The course already exists as S-358 in the wildland fire arena. NIMS and FEMA is using our stuff and we are writing updates of the course in an attempt to de-smoke it so it applies better to all risk use. I am one of the uh, subject matter experts involved with rewriting the course. We should have it ready to teach a test class this spring and then get it formalized to release for general use. Instructors are to be fully qualified comm unit leaders with a communications coordinator being the lead. A lot of our comm L's are also hams. And this is written by Jim Shepard, N7WVZ, USDA, Forest Service, Com L member, Type 2, Incident Management Team. FCC now processing amateur radio vanity call sign backlog. The FCC has resumed processing new amateur radio vanity call sign applications. An initial stab at whittling down the backlog began February 8th, five weeks to the day after the Wireless Telecommunications Bureau issued the last vanity call sign prior to the resumption. The Commission stopped processing new vanity call sign applications received on or after December 18th while it readied the Universal Licensing System vanity application software to accommodate a December 15th rule change to discourage the filing of multiple applications for the same call sign. The FCC has continued to accept new vanity applications and to process vanity renewals. A wireless telecommunications board staff member speaking on background told ARRL the commission could be back on track by next week. We've resumed processing and by next week we'll be caught up, said the staffer, who conceded that the FCC's ULS software had not been fully tested to ensure it could deal with the multiple applications issue when the new rules December 15 effective date rolled around. We knew the date was coming, but the software wasn't quite ready. The Commission could complete processing of applications that have been sitting in the queue as early as February 12th. As of February 9th, the Wireless Telecommunications Board appears to have granted some 125 vanity call sign applications submitted between December 18th and December 22nd. 
another 500 or so applications remain in the queue. The FCC this week also issued a public notice to announce the formal implementation of the multiple applications rule, uh, part 97.19, section A, subsection 1, effective February 8. The notice said that ULS would limit individuals to filing only one vanity call sign application on the same day. In the case where an applicant files multiple vanity call sign applications on the same day, only the first filed application will be considered for the process and the additional applications will be dismissed. The FCC said this new process will eliminate the possibility of an applicant having more than one application for the same call sign being considered on any one day. The Commission is likely to receive an avalanche of new vanity call sign applications after February 23rd when elimination of the Morse code examination requirement is expected to spur a massive influx of license upgrades. The FCC is processing new vanity call sign applications now in in the queue in the order they were received. Typically, it takes 18 days from the time the FCC receives a vanity application until the call sign is issued or the application is denied. The current vanity call sign fee payable for new applications as well as renewals is $20.80 for the 10-year license term. FCC denies amateur radio vanity call sign requests. The FCC's Wireless Telecommunications Bureau has turned down a request to waive a provision of the amateur radio vanity call sign rules and two petitions asking the Commission to reconsider dismissals of the vanity call sign applications. In a letter, the Commission told Emma Kostenbauer, WA2ZCQ of Poquag, New York, that it could not waive 97.19 Section C, Subsection 2 of the Amateur Radio Service Rules, and she'd request, as she had requested, so that she could be assigned her husband's former call sign. Her husband, Scott, W2LW, an ARRL Life member, had surrendered the call sign W2AWX on April 25th of 2006 when he obtained his current call sign under the Vanity Program. The FCC said that under the circumstances, W2AWX would have to remain unassigned for two years before it could become available. Scott Stone, Deputy Chief of the Wireless Telecommunications Board's Mobility Division, said Emma had not presented any unique or unusual circumstances preventing her from waiting to apply for W2AWX when it becomes available that you and your husband both 
want you to hold his former call sign is not by itself sufficient justification to waive the rule, Stone said. In a separate action, the WTB turned away a request of a California radio operator to reconsider its dismissal of his amateur radio vanity call sign application. Last year, ARRL member Kenneth Lampson, K6SI of Livermore, applied for a call sign K6BQ, but he failed but he filed for it one day too soon. The FCC has concluded Lamson's dismissed application was dated February 22, 2006, the final day of the two-year waiting period. At the time, the call sign was not yet available for reassignment because the two-year period had not expired. The WTB's stone told Lamson, consequently we conclude that your application was properly dismissed. The FCC canceled the license on February 23, 2006, and the commission subsequently assigned K6BQ to another licensee who applied for it after the cancellation date. The commission also denied the petition of ARRL member Ron Moody, K9RWM of Colfax, Wisconsin, to reconsider its dismissal of another vanity call sign ap application. In April of 2006, Moody had sought to obtain K9RM. The commission turned down his application, however, because the universal licensing system indicated the call sign was unavailable because the license had expired less than two years earlier. A call sign is not available for reassignment until two years after the license expires or the licensee's death, whichever is sooner, Stone explained in a February letter. Last June, the WTB got word that the previous holder of K9RM had died in December of 2002 and entered that information into the ULS data database. Because more that than two years had passed since the licensee's death, amateur station call sign K9RM became available to the vanity call sign system on June 9, 2006. Stone told Moody, at the time your application was processed, the ULS database showed that the call sign K9RM was not assignable. Consequently, we concluded that your application was properly dismissed. The Wireless Telecommunications Board granted K9RM to an Indiana licensee late in June, uh, last June 24th. And that is the end of the news items.
and here in North Texas as of uh, late Aries and Racy's organizations have been uh, beginning to require a certain amount of extra training for their emergency volunteers. Uh, the Amateur Radio Emergency Communication course from the ARRL is one of those. Uh, it consists of three levels and here most organizations are requiring their uh, members to be at least certified at the first level, AREC-01, <clears throat> so that they have a rough idea of what's going on. They don't just show up out on a site and say, here I am, put me to work. Uh, also, uh, our organization and others in the area have uh, also wanted people to complete the basic ICS courses and the basic NIMS courses over at the Department of Homeland Security. They're free courses and uh, there's no reason anybody uh, shouldn't be able to go over there and uh, knock them right out. The FEMA courses can be found at uh, www.training.fema.gov slash emiweb slash is uh, and there are quite a few self-study courses you can take over there at FEMA and they won't cost you a single dime you go right through them, read the material and take the test they range from emergency manager to animals in disasters to introduction to the incident command system that's one of the ones we're required to take here uh, NIMS uh, familiarization courses, state disaster management, a whole lot of stuff you can take over there and it uh, for free. And my father always told me any 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 knowledge you can pick up for free is good knowledge. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see what else. Okay, that brings us to the end of episode one of Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. Uh, thank you once again. Thank you all for downloading this podcast. And uh, I appreciate y'all being with us and hope you will stick with us for future podcasts. Uh, for any questions, suggestions, feedback on this podcast, please drop me a line at kb5jbv at gmail.com. That is Kilo Bravo 5, Juliet Bravo Victor, at gmail.com. I would like to thank Midlife Crisis for the music heard on this podcast. And for more information on Midlife Crisis, stop by www.podsafeaudio.com. I would also like to thank my wife, Brenda, for putting up with me. And hope y'all join us back uh, next time. Thanks, everybody. And until next time, 73. Well, if you've got some of yours, you feel like giving away. That may be fine for you. I'm saving for my rainy day.
way too hard. Nine to five every day. Yeah, for you to be giving it. Yeah, just giving it all away. Well, you found someone in need. See, that's not my problem. I think you should tell them to get out. Like me and get a job.